You are listening to a broadcast of Dublin First Baptist Church, Pastor Cameron McGill in Dublin, North Carolina. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist Church and the Lake Church to hear from God's Word. What a blessing to be able to stand here on a very, very special, special Sunday. Are you excited? Amen. It's not often that I get to preach a tag team message. I've done it a time or two in the past. But this morning, it is my privilege to introduce to anybody that might not know A.J. Smith. A.J., of course, the oldest son of Dane and Charlotte and the big brother to Paul Allen. And uh, A.J. is part of our youth ministry here. Um, He is my friend, and I'm grateful to be one of the mentors that God has placed in his life. I'm humbled by that opportunity. This morning, we are going to bring a message that was birthed in his heart. I helped him clean it up and put it to an outline with how many points? Good, good. Um, So it'll make a little more sense to you since that's how you're used to hearing messages. But I promise you, this message is directly uh, from A.J. and what God has put on his heart. So we want to pray, and A.J. will read our scripture and introduce our message on the subject, on a mission. We're not here by accident. We didn't just fall out of the sky one day. Our mom and daddy didn't decide to have us. God put us here, y'all. He has put us here with the purpose, with the plan, and with all the provisions to carry that plan out. Father, I pray that you would loose my friend AJ and let him go. I pray that he would sense the anointing of God upon him. Lord, I thank you for the calmness and assurance that he has that when, Lord, we are weak, you are strong. When we are timid, you are bold and that you will speak through us. God, I pray that you would give him the words not only to say, uh, Lord, that would be a blessing to, to us, but it would be a blessing to your ears. Challenge us, change us, and charge us, God, for the task at hand to be on mission for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Philippians three thirteen through 14 says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by, God, by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. What that scripture is telling us to do is saying we have to let go of the sins of our past and we have to reach forward to what God has in store for us. We can't reach forward and <laughs> we can't reach forward and grab what is ahead of us if we are hanging on to something of our past. We have to let go of the sins behind us and reach forth to what God has in store for us. While I was at camp a few weeks back, God really showed me what it meant to let go of your sins of your past. He showed me that in order to reach forward and do what He has in store for you, You have to let go of your sins and be fully invested in Him and what He has in store for you. He showed me His mercy and He showed me His love. He showed me how unworthy I am of His love, but how great His love is for me. Regardless if I deserve it or not, I don't, but He gives it to us anyways. He he loves each and every one of us with all His heart. Now, the challenge to be on the mission is letting go of what's behind us. We have to let go of those sins and be fully invested in Christ. And that's what most people struggle with because those sins, they hold us down. And we hang on to them as tight as we can. We don't even realize it, but we've we got to 
let go of them and reach forward for what's in front of us. We can't hang on to the sins of our past. We have to reach for God and what he has in store for us. Now, this day could be a, a life change for you. Literally coming in one way, leaving something here, and then walking out a different person. Prepared, equipped, ready to be on mission for the Lord. What's keeping you? What's keeping me from achieving our mission? This morning, I want to share three things with you with the help of my buddy AJ. Number one is simply to accept the mission. We understand that we have a directive, an order. The Bible says where there is no vision, people will perish. The Bible tells us that we need a divine inspiration from God every day, that we need to be listening so that we will know. Most of us, if we were to be honest, we'd say, I want to be obedient to the Lord. But the problem is sometimes we don't know what that means. As your spiritual leader and shepherd of this church, as your pastor, it's taken me a year and a half of praying and begging and discerning to know without a shadow of a doubt, what God was leading me to do. So certainly, each of us have those challenges. It's not always easy, but I believe we've come to this place today with a heart and a mind that is made up that would say, I want to accept my mission. I want to give you a couple of thoughts about this mission that we're on. I want us to look at, our, at the Scriptures and what they have to say about the mission or, or what God has for us. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, a familiar verse he writes, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. He's sovereign. He knows. He knows my name. He knows the number of hairs upon my head. He knows everything going on in my world. He knows my past. He knows my present. And he knows my future. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. God would never do anything to harm you. Things will happen in your life that he allows to strengthen us. But his plan is a good plan. It, he wants to give you an expected end or a prosperous end. The Bible says, and you shall seek me and find me when you look for me or you search for me with your whole heart. It begins with us seeking after the will of God. God, I want to know what your mission is for me. And if you're here today and you are a Christian, God has simply not saved you to hold down a pew, to fill up a spot, to take up room in the church until you go to heaven. But he has something for your life. He has something for you to accomplish. Our young people are here today and they're thinking, what do I want to do with my life? Some want to be doctors and some want to be lawyers and some want to be astronauts and, and some want to be veterinarians and some want to be vegetarians. Some want to marry a rich woman and some want to marry a rich man. You all have a plan, but we need to understand that God has a plan and it will supersede our plan and it will go further than our plan could ever take us. It is better than our plan. We need to understand that it's a plan, number one, that is from God. Now, it's not arrogant to say that I have a call from God. It is not arrogant to say that God has spoken to me. He has called me. He has directed me personally and individually. When I counsel these young couples that are about to get married, it's so sweet. They sit there all lovey-dovey and drooling all over one another. I only need one chair for them to sit in. And sometimes my windows get all steamed up in my office. I mean, they just love one another. And I'll say, why do you want to get married? And he'll say, well, she's a good cook, preacher. Y'all know that's not why. Well, he's a, he, he, he's a breadwinner. He's got a good job. I, my mama says I hit the jackpot. Maybe that's why. no. And they'll say things like, well, we love one another. Well, that's good. But what I'm looking for is we believe that God has brought us together. That's the million-dollar question and the $10 million answer. God 
directed us together. You've heard my story many times. You've heard most of my stories many times. Amen, Joe? In fact, I, if y'all ever, ever get to missing me, y'all just let Joe tell you one of my stories, okay? But the fact of the matter is that I knew within minutes of meeting Tiffany that I was going to marry her. I pronounced that loudly for everyone to hear. I wouldn't advise doing that, A.J. By the way, A.J.'s kind of available, and uh, he loves redheads, so that's all I'm going to say about that. But God has a plan for you when it comes to a life mate, when it comes to a career, when it comes to a calling in life, a direction in life. And you've got to understand he has something and it's from him. That's an awesome weight of responsibility, but an awesome privilege. But not only is it from him, it is for him. Beloved, I want to tell you, it's not about who it will make you, but it's about what you will make him and how you will make him known. Sometimes when we look at the call of God, we say, well, what will I get out of this? Uh, you know, we, we vote on deacons, and soon you'll be voting on a pastor and things of that nature. And you might say, well, what is he going to do for me? The question is, what is he going to do for God? The fact of the matter is that we are to be serving God and honoring God and faithful to God. The Bible says in, in Galatians 6.14 that our life is to be lived for His glory. May I say to you, it is not about us being glorified. It is not about us being puffed up. It is not about us being built up. The Bible says in numerous times in the New Testament how dangerous it is that we beware or that we be cautious not to let it puff us up whenever God decides to use us. AJ, I want to ask you a question. You and I have talked over these last few weeks and you've shared some things with me that I'd like for you to share with these folks, but what do you see that God's purpose, that God's mission for your life is and, and maybe for all of us today? I think God's mission for me is to just to be fully invested in what he has, to, to be fully invested in sharing his word with other people, to not do what pleases me and what I feel pleases my friends and family, but to do what pleases him, Amen. to do what will bring glory to God. And I feel like that's what's my mission. Amen. To know him, to make him known, to spread the good news. If you were to go out into a farm and out into the field, you would see the, the farmers out early in the season toiling the ground, getting it ready, fertilizing, putting lime out, preparing it. Herschel, am I doing okay so far? Good job. And then when everything is just right, I learned this from watching Green Acres. You plant the little seeds in the ground and you water them and watch them go shoosting up into the sky. You remember? Our job is to plant the seeds. Our job is to, to know enough about the gospel. And that doesn't mean that we have a PhD in theology, but we know that Jesus died for me. Jesus loved me so much that he gave his life for me. And I go and I share that. That's why we do what we do. As AJ and I were talking a couple of weeks ago, he said, I just want to bring people to Jesus. Like us going and bringing a sick person to the doctor. Like us bringing a hungry, a hungry person to a table of food. Like us bringing a box to a child in need or dress to a little girl who has none. Folks, we do a good job when it comes to providing the physical needs of people. We're compassionate of heart. We're faithful with our hands. But, but I wonder sometimes do we miss that truly our mission is the gospel. 
It doesn't mean how, it doesn't matter how many ramps we build or how many boxes we fill or how many dollars we give or how many trips we take. But how many souls are we winning for the kingdom of God? And, and we should be very careful from the pulpit to the pew that we don't hide behind these other things and say, well, look at all that I'm doing. May I say to you, the hell's angels do some mighty noble work. They build ramps and they pack boxes and they go on trips and repair people's roofs and mud out people's homes. The only thing that separates the Baptist men of North Carolina and the Hell's Angels is the fact that we have the gospel message. And if we're doing everything except the gospel, then we might as well pack up our Bibles, go buy a motorcycle, a jacket, and join up with the Hell's Angels. If that makes sense, say amen. We must be sharing the gospel. Number one, we accept the mission. Number two, we adhere to the mission. The book of Hebrews tells us, I love this passage. And this one fits A.J. so very well. Hebrews, 11, Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, those represent the saints of God that have gone on before. There's an empty seat here today that I wish was full. I wish Don Coley was sitting there with Miss Mary, smiling, turning his hearing aid up a little bit more so that he could hear A.J., and listening to every word. So proud. Well, I'm telling you, he is proud. He is part of that cloud of witnesses. Over my tenure here, there are many people that have joined that cloud of witnesses, saints of God that have gone before us, that have set that foundation, that have put those building blocks, that have gone before us, preparing the way that we would now follow. I can honestly say, and this might not make any sense to you whatsoever, but I am truly excited for Dublin First Baptist Church for who will come next and lead you into the next chapter, who will take up the, uh, the mantle and move you into new areas and uncharted territories of ministry and service. I am truly in my heart and in my spirit excited about that and can't wait to see what God has. I'm grateful for that cloud of witnesses. The Bible then says, because of that, because there's so much writing on it, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God the Father. Interesting note. This is the only time in Scripture that you will ever find a high priest sitting down. In all of the New Testament, in the temple, the high priest could never sit down because his job was never done. Jesus has sat down because his job through the cross is done. And it's our job to now take that gospel. We are to adhere to the mission. Number two, to adhere to the mission, that means we're to stick to it. I would submit to you that many times we'll accept God's call, but somewhere along the way, the going gets tough. Somewhere along the way, we get disappointed. Our hearts are broken. Our minds are confused. Our bodies are grieved. And we say, I think I'm just going to quit. I think I'm just going to throw in the towel. I think I'm just going to give up. The Bible says that we're to... Hang in there. 
That we're not to let fear rule us or uncertainty. That we're to adhere to the mission. There are two things. Number one, there's the necessity of letting go. I know pastors that have left churches before and they've said to their peers, well, I bet they, so they won't soon replace me. Or this, it won't take them long to find out everything I was doing. Here's what I hope we find out real quickly. If the next guy will do such a good job, you'll say, boy, we had no idea all that Cameron wasn't doing. I mean this not as though I'm worth hanging on to, but there's a great value in letting go, right? I don't want you to compare the next guy to me. I don't want to look that bad, really. I don't want you to say, well, back when, well, back when. I remember I'll tell this story. It's funny. I'd only been here a couple of weeks, and I was trying to be to inject a little humor into our deacons' meetings, and those that were deacons back in those days know it needed a little humor injected, wouldn't it, Brother Richard? And uh, kind of tense, kind of serious. And one of the deacons, they were talking about yard work, and they said, well, when Brother Warren was here, nothing like being in Warren Hill, Shadow. Love that man. When Warren was here... He always did the yard work at the parsonage. And I immediately said, well, I talked to Warren last week, and he said he will not interested in doing it no more. <laughs> Everybody just kind of looked at me. The fact is, there's going to be a new sheriff in town, and we're grateful for that. Fact is, God was in charge before I came. He'll be in charge long after I'm gone. There's a letting go. There's a necessity of letting go. I don't want you to ever forget us or forget the tenure of the time we were here, but there's a great, great benefit. Number two, there's a need for reaching forth. There's a need for reaching forth. By the way, this message was, was, was put on his heart before I ever came to the point that I came last Sunday, so I know the timing is truly of God. There's a necessity of reaching forth. What, what does the future hold? Listen, not just for the church, but you and I personally. I'm not just going to sit by and just kind of take life as it comes, but I want to reach forth. I want to give it everything I've got. I want to be a longing, longing for all that God has in store. I need, I need a volunteer to help, AJ. Who wants to volunteer? Come on, Paul Allen. He's been, I have not had this serious conversation. You brought blondes, brunettes, or redheads? Ah, oh, he said, all three. Appreciate you. Come on. All right, here's what I want you to do. We are, now, AJ is a, is a, is a, a cross-country star, so, and, and Paul Allen, he's the star of anything he goes at. So, uh, we're going to do, if you've ever watched a relay race, a relay, this is my only mic for the day. So if you've ever watched a relay race, you know that uh, there's a, a transition, right? From one runner to the next. And both of those runners play a vital part in this transition. I mean, timing, I, I mean, strategy, you've got to be on. They practice this over and over and over again. Y'all show us that's done. Okay, you're, 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 you're running lap three, you're running lap four, transition. Ready, go. <laughs> Do it again. Next time, wrap it up and put a bow on it. You're going to deliver it like that. All right, you ready? All right, go. All right, that was a little better. You proved my point. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Hey, come here. If we're going in that direction, 
I've got the baton. I see. I see the runner ahead of me. And my job is to get this to him. Not to drop it. Not to hang on to it and say, it's my baton. I ran that whole lap with it and I've got it and I deserve it. I'm not giving it to you. No. My challenge is to get it to him as quick as I can. And to reach out and to let go. Now imagine if I hung on to that. You know, him dragging me along down the track. All right, now switch places. You give it to me. Now I'm not up here going, you know. I'm going to say, come on, bring it on. You've got to get it to this line right here. No, he's back there, and, and I'm ready. I mean, I'm ready, I'm ready, and I'm, I'm reaching back with everything I have. And as soon as I get it, I'm gone. Paul says we need to learn to do both of those things. We need to, to let go of some things. What is it today that you need to let go of? AJ, I want to tell you this publicly, and I haven't said. So many people walked out of the Lake Church this morning in tears and said, you tell that young man what a powerful message that was for me. And it was on this point, I believe, almost every comment was made because I've been hanging on to something. I've been, I've been holding fast to something. I haven't been willing to let go. And every person in this room, if I ask you to write down three things or one thing or whatever that you need to let go, and we were to pass them forward, everybody would have something else. Some would have an addiction that's just got a grip on you that you've not let go of. Some of you, it's, 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 it's anger or hurt or some kind of feeling that you're just not willing to relinquish. For others, it's a disappointment. It's a failure. Some it's second-guessing or saying, if I could just go back, if, what if all these things... What a day it could be just to draw a line in the sand and say, I am going to let go of some things. Why? Because I'll never reach forth to the next thing until I've let go of the old thing. It's a picture of salvation. In order to be saved, we've got to see the old man crucified so the new man can be reborn. Letting go. Reaching forth. This is where A.J. kept sharing his heart. And A.J.'s one of the best kids I know. He lives a good moral life, comes from a great family. He knows his stuff. He knows the Bible. But he said, Pastor Cameron, I know that there are some things in my life that are holding me back. You may or may not remember this. Many, many years ago, we, it was not you. It was your, it was your kind of sort of sister. That's it. Brought it. Remember, we had the illustration. She came up with her, um, help me out, with, with her backpack on. Yeah, my fog is just there. Wendy, um, Wendy was military, and she had her full pack on. And she came up here, and she tried to run with that full pack on. It was like 60 or 70-pound pack on her back. 80 pounds, 80, but you got a good memory. 80-pound pack, and I said, and she was also a track star, so she was wearing her track outfit or uniform or whatever you wear track. She had her uniform for track on, but was had that huge backpack on, 80 pounds. And I said, now go run. And she said, I can't run with this on. So we took it off and she sprinted out of here. It was pretty cool. It was a great illustration. But the fact of the matter is that there may be something that's weighing you down right now. Honestly, for the next five weeks, I'm probably going to make a lot of very personal illustrations that I just feel the Lord puts on my heart. On September the 9th, I'll walk out of this building different than I've walked out of it for 18 years. I want to ask you to let go of some things at that point. If you're angry with me or hurt, frustrated, disappointed, let go of that. It's a new day. 
It's like when the sun comes up. I love to watch the sunrise because it's a picture that it's a new day, a new opportunity, and all of the wonderful things God's got for that day. Let go. Ah, oh, but I want you to reach forth. I think Brother Walter's going to share in just a few minutes. But I want you to have such an excitement and an enthusiasm about what the unknown holds. Unknowns are wonderful things when you know that God already knows the unknown. I promise you something, camera, I, camera, I promise you something for anybody listening. God has no intention of this church even having a blip of decline or of weakening or of falling off. That isn't his plan. The Bible says he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. So what we've got to do is we've got to ask or think pretty boldly and then expect him to far exceed it, right? Number three, and we're done. We're to accept the mission. We're to adhere to the mission. That is, we're to stick to it. And then thirdly, we are to accomplish the mission. Now, what does that mean? It means that we're to stay on mission until the mission is done. Some of our military guys could certainly identify with this. You can't stop the mission halfway through. You've got to make sure you through. And I prayed and I said, Lord, give me a scripture that helps this to resonate in people's minds and make sense. And he took me to Paul's farewell, 2 Timothy 4, verse number 6 and 7. He says this, for I am now ready to be offered. Literally, I'm ready to die. My job is done. That's what the Lone Ranger used to say to Tonto. Remember at the end of the show, after everything was accomplished, he'd look at Tonto say, Tonto, our job here is done. Tonto would say, true, Kimosabi. Anyway, and uh, Paul said, I'm done. My job's done. I've done it. I've done everything God called me to do. I'm ready to go. The time of my departure is ahead. He knew he was dying. Now, if you know you're dying, you're going to pin very careful the next few words. He said this, three, three points. Paul was good. Number one, I have fought a good fight. Let me just stop there and say, it doesn't mean in the church. God does not like a church fight. God does not like when his children fuss and fight and feud. He loves when they get along. He loves when there's unity. He loves when there is harmony. It's saying that I have fought a good fight because this has not been easy. Serving the Lord is never easy. Being on a mission from God is never easy. Don't ever let anybody sell you that false bill of goods. It is a challenge. It is, it is trying. There's, we have an enemy who comes against us. He cannot steal our, our soul. He cannot steal our relationship with the Lord. But he wants to steal our joy. And he wants to steal our peace. And he wants to steal our spiritual productivity. So I'm going to fight the fight. In other words, I'm going to hang in there. I'm not going to drop out after round one. I'm not going to drop. I know pastors that have entered the ministry. And the first time something doesn't go their way, the first time they, get, they got knocked down, or the first time something didn't go exactly like they had hoped or planned, they said, well, I'm out of there. Hang in there. I promise you, not everybody's going to agree with you. Not every vote's going to go the way you want it to. Not everything is going to fall into place like you had hoped. Fight the good fight. It is worth it. It is worth it. Knowing that at the end of the day, you've already won the battle. Number two, finish your course, he says. I have finished my course. I've done what God put me here to do. I've stayed on course. I've been very faithful to that course. When God directs you, be determined to finish your course. And number three, he says, I have kept the faith. Listen, he didn't say, I've kept my position. I've kept my, you know, my, 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 my place or my title. He says, I have kept the faith. 
AJ's going to finish this thought. I want you to take as much time as you want. This is an awesome point, all right? Elaborate on it as the Lord leads you to, okay? Pretend to be me and just get plain long-winded, all right? Because you shared some things this week, me and you, remember? Yes. And it touched my heart and it blessed me. And I want these folks to have the privilege of hearing you share these things, okay? There are some dangers that will keep us from accomplishing our mission. On our mission, we're going to experience roadblocks and we're going to experience detours. Now, roadblocks, we're going to hit points in the mission where we think we can't go around it, we can't go over it, we can't go through it, might as well just turn around and go the opposite way. But that's not what you need to do. You can't do that. You gotta, you gotta put all of your faith, all of your trust in Jesus Christ, and you gotta know that He's gonna get you through it. God never promised us that it was gonna be easy. It's not gonna be easy at all doing what He has in store for us. But it's gonna be so worth it, and He'll He'll never give you anything that you cannot handle, because He's always with you, and He'll never leave you. You just have to know that He's there, and you have to hold on to Him. You have to reach for Him. And you have to let go of everything that's holding you back. You have to reach for them. And there's going to be detours. You're going to come to points where you think, oh, I can just take this shortcut here. It'll be a lot easier, a lot safer. You can't do that either. If it's not God's way, then it's the wrong way. You can't, you can't do your own way that is pleasing to you, is pleasing to others. You have to do what's pleasing to God. You have to do what God has set for you. And it's going to be hard, and you're going to think, man, I, I don't know. I got, I'm in over my head here. And, you just got to trust that God's going to be there for you. A roadblock that um, is in this church now is Pastor Cameron. I mean, he resigned last week. And when he said, when he said those words, it, it broke my heart. I was sitting in my seat, and I couldn't stop crying. But oh, you have to know that it's part of God's plan. God has something in store for Pastor Cameron. And we might not all see what it is right now, but... It's something great. He's calling them to bigger and better things. And God's going to be with Pastor Cameron just like he's going to stay with us and be with us through this whole thing. Some of us might be angry. Some of us are sad. But really, we should rejoice. I mean, God has spoken to Pastor Cameron. God's speaking to us. He's, he's going to be with us, and everything's going to be okay. He's not going to leave us, and he's not going to leave us stranded. He's always with us no matter what, through any roadblock. He'll be there for us to help us get through it. He'll never give you anything that you cannot handle. And I think we can handle this with God's help. Some people would like to see a um, home run, right? Some people like to see a strikeout, the wicked curveball on strike three. My favorite thing to see is an old 6-4-3. Anybody know what that is? Good job. It's a double play. 
I love to see a ball hit deep in the pocket behind the shortstop. He goes back, he retrieves the ball, he tosses it to the second baseman who comes over, grabs it with one hand, and fires it to first base. You know why I like that play so much? Because you see, a home run is just one player with one bat. Now, strikeouts, just basically the pitcher. Catcher's got to hang on to the ball, but it's all in the pitcher's hands. Most anything is one player diving and making a spectacular catch. But I love the double play because it requires three people all playing their part, all doing their best, all giving it everything they've got, all depending on one another. And the timing is truly amazing. That's when I stand on my feet and cheer. It's when an old 643 takes place. Accepting the mission. Every player on the team stepping up. I don't want to drop the ball. I want to be there. I want to do my part. Father, help us to accept the call that you have for us today, to adhere and stick to that call. Lord, to be excited about that call, to accomplish our mission. Lord, I pray for anyone here today that maybe first doesn't know you as their personal Savior or that you would speak to their hearts right now. And then others, Lord, that have been just sitting on the sidelines, that they would say, I want in. I want in the game. I want to be a part of the team. I want to do what you've called me to do. Oh, God, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Give them courage. Step out in faith. Lord, step out uh, to recommit a life for church membership, whatever it might be. God, I pray you would have your hand in this time of invitation, that you'd bless it, and that we would be responsive in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Would you stand your feet all over the house of God? Would you come? I'll be here to pray with you, to encourage you any way that I can. Look forward to what God's going to do in this time of invitation as we respond.
Till I 